Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,298. If you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, calling in from Cambridge, Ontario, Canada, the great Rob Howden. Hey, Rob, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yeah, ready to grab some gears with you, Mark. There we go. Rob Howden is the voice of the road to Indy, and he works on the IndyCar Radio Network broadcast team. For the last 25 years, Rob has dedicated his life to the coverage of kart racing and open-wheel formula car racing in North America as the editor-in-chief and publisher of past publications such as Shifter Cart, Illustrated, and Formula Car Magazine, and most currently, the industry-leading website eCartingNews.com. He's been the trackside play-by-play on the PA for the primary karting series and events across the continent, and he is considering the primary, or he is considered, I should say, the primary announcer in the North American karting community. Rob will call 26 different racing events this year. Oh my gosh which will take him on to all four corners of the country. And I want to shout out to Chris Pantani of Cooper Tires for introducing me to Rob. I'm hoping to learn a little bit from you today, sir. So, Rob, I've told our listeners a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little more about your career and a very obvious passion for racing? Yeah, you know what? I, I got the passion from my dad. He was a stock car racer. And like so many, I was there the, the week before I was born inside my mom. And then I was born and then I was back at the racetrack, the stock car track, <laughs> the, the next Saturday night. So for me, uh, when I was in my early to, early 20s, I ended up getting a job coming out of college uh, working for a racing newspaper. And uh, back in 1993, I was a cub reporter making four cents a word covering everything from stock cars to jet ski racing, grass drag, snowmobiles, road racing, whatever it may be. I got into karting. They sent me to a couple of kart races and I really enjoyed it. I kind of focused on that, did a lot of work for them on in, in karting. Yeah. And then eventually I started my own magazine. I actually started the magazine called Shifter Car Deals, you had mentioned. I had about 300 bucks in the bank and, and a bunch of people in the industry got behind me and that was 1998. Fast forward 20 years later, and I've been you know, doing 20 races a year covering karting. From karting, I kind of followed the kids up through the ranks to cars and got a chance to announce some car races. That led to Formula Car Magazine as well as the industry wanted their own magazine. So we built that for all the ladder system series. Yeah, And essentially, it's been 20 years of, of just going from race to race and, and enjoying and, and watching Watching young drivers develop all the way from karting through now with my work with the IndyCar Radio Network to uh, the NTT IndyCar Series. Crazy. Yeah, it's just incredible what you've pulled off and what you've done. I shouldn't say pulled off because it's been an incredible amount of work. And the fact that you're on the road traveling in our pre-show chat, you were talking to me about how often you were gone on the weekends. What was that number? Uh, 27 this year. In yeah. total. And it's and wow. it's thir- it's Thursday to Monday, right? You fly out Thursday, right. uh, fly home on Monday. I, I have one run of seven straight weekends this year, a couple of three weeks off runs, which doesn't usually happen. By by off, I mean, I'm just not at the racetrack. I'm still working at home. Yeah, of course. Yeah, the work uh, never stops back at the desk either. Wow. Well, very impressive. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been important to you and instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tire smoking here on cars yeah so rob 
Grab the wheel. You know, Mark, I think that when it, when it comes to somebody in our in our line of work, and by, by that I mean kind of media slash publishing, that kind of thing, it, it's so much work. When I had the magazine, you know, I was a, I was a small shop. We had two people, one in accounting, me as kind of the publisher. I started even laying the magazine out myself, and it was, there was always an all-nighter to get it done. Oh, yeah. So it's one of those things where one of the mantras I always have is, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. <laughs> Henry Ford. <laughs> and that's what I have to be because yeah. – you know, I, I find myself in my office at 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night on a regular basis. My employee who works for me works 19 to 20 weekends a year, but he's a family man. So he works eight to four. Yeah. You know, I don't have any kids. Uh, my girlfriend's in the industry as well. I work all night sometimes. And yeah. so, yeah. but I love it so much that it's, it's not a struggle for me. You know what I mean? I, I, again, if you have a weekend off on the racetrack, inevitably I'm trying to find NASCAR or MotoGP or something on TV because it it (laughs) is a void if I don't have it. So I love it so much. It just doesn't feel like work. Well, you found the secret sauce to life and that's what Cars Yeah is all about. Inspiring automotive enthusiasts. I always say it's people who've wrapped their passion for cars into their lives and figured out a way to make a living at it, big or small or whatever it is. But the fact is you get to have fun with what you're doing. And I think for a lot of folks that go to jobs every day that are just quote unquote jobs, they don't even get it. You know, they live for the evenings and the weekends. And I've always said, well, if you could do what you're doing in the evenings and weekends and get paid all day long, wouldn't you do that? And yeah, how do I do that? Well, you got to figure it out. But if you're into cars, you can listen to people like Rob and figure that out for yourself. Well, let's uh, talk about a story that instigated your personal passion for cars and racing. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were a car guy? I guess I would have to go back. You know, I can't go back to the day when I was born, as I said, but it was just, I spent so many nights at, it's called Flamborough Speedway. It's a, it's a third mile stock car track, uh, just about, I think an hour outside of Toronto, you know, closer to Niagara Falls. You know, my dad raced there for 20 something years. He was a track champion uh, a couple of times. It was that visceral feeling, you know, there's other things you can do as a kid, whether you're playing outside football, baseball, I'm Canadian. So I was a goalie. I played hockey, hockey, yeah. but as you know, when it comes to cars and my my form racing, it's not just the, it's the sights, the sounds, the smells. I still find myself back there now. Every once in a while, I go help my buddy Gary Calling, who's the announcer at Flamborough. I still go there once or twice to maybe help him out on the mic. But when I get there, it's the smell of the cars, the sound of the engines. <laughs> and I always say I find this interesting because, of course, as a kid. My, my, I'd be with my grandparents. You know, my dad was racing. I was with my grandparents in the grandstands, and I'd fall asleep before the end of the night. But my dad's race was last. He was a super late model driver, so wow. it's always feature race. I would wake up for it, but I still say this now when I go to the track. When they come out of turn four and start throttling up to get the green, my heart rate goes down. It goes like down. I get this sense of calm when they come out of the corner because it's just that sense, that sound, and it's still the same way at a kart race or when I'm at the Indy 500 or whatever it is. I just get so calm and relaxed, like I know it. that's where I'm supposed to be. I love it. You know, this is interesting to me because I've interviewed a lot of race car drivers, and they've said the same thing, that leading up to the race, getting in the car, doing a few warm-up laps right before the green, everything is so tense, and then all of a sudden, it kind of lets go, and they start to build into that groove, into that working momentum. Do you think there's some relationship going on here? I, I think so. You know, it's it, when it comes to like racing itself, the, I think my heart, the heart, my heart rate thing is just because of where I am. And it's just this awesome thing to be back. Yeah. And the race has started. And maybe, maybe it was, maybe my dad was out there and I was stressed a little bit, but once we got going, I was okay. But it's the same thing when I'm, you know, when I'm spooling up for when we're getting ready to go for an, uh, you know, an IndyCar broadcast on IndyCar radio or yeah. when I'm doing the road to Indy, right? It's the minute the mic goes on, the show's on, I'm into my groove. 
and away we go. You know, right or wrong, slip up or no slip up, you know, you, you step on your words a couple of times because you're excited. You're part of the race. And once the race starts, you're in it. You know, there's no yeah. more there's no more stress. You're in it and right. going. I think. Well, I admire all you guys that call races because it's like, how are these guys doing this? It's it's like calling football games and so forth. How do they? I know there's things they have support and so forth, but uh, you guys amaze me uh, how you do this. It's really really spectacular. Well, let's talk about a big challenge or a big failure that you faced along the way in your life or your career. I'd love for you to share one with us. More importantly than the actual issue that kind of caused you to fall back on your heels, perhaps is what you learned from it and how you move forward out of that situation. So take us through one of those times that was kind of tough. Well, you know, I think starting the magazine in 1998 wasn't tough. That was the exciting part, right? I, I dug in and had the support of the industry. I was announcing races. It was I was living my dream, right? I was, I was starting this magazine and it was a ton, a ton of work. But it was one of those things where I think a lot of people in the industry, in, in the automotive industry, have to deal with this. And, and that's the evolution and the ebbs and flows of, uh, of how to deliver the right product to their customers at the right mm. time. Mm-hmm. In the world of journalism, it's all about, you know, where are your customers, you know, where are they, ta- where are they taking in your content, right? Where, are they, where do they want the content? Where are they taking it? Where are they uh, ingesting it? It was magazines back in 1998 and through the 2000s. Everybody loved magazines. And right. then the web came. Mm-hmm. And I, I played around a bit trying to have a website that worked with it, but it was early on, super early on. I actually ended up buying a website called eCardingNews.com. They were my, my competition at one point. And so I had both the magazine and the website, and I provided different things. You know, I pulled some of the race report stuff out of the magazine and brought it to the website. The magazine became a little more profile oriented, but they're my. I guess the struggle was for me to come to the decision sooner or later, and it ended up being after 88 issues, was to actually shut the magazine down. It was still making some pretty good revenue. But for me, I, I, I was so spread, spread so thin trying to do both. It was a struggle. I had to sit down. You know, I, I, I went over it. I, I beat my brain. Is it the right thing to do? Because it really was my baby. The website was somebody else's. They had started it. We had brought it into our own. I had a staff that worked on it. We loved it. It was just the immediacy of giving people you know, news as opposed to having to wait a month or more to get the magazine. I loved it. We got, we were really, you know, we, we would do trackside coverage where we were updating, you know, every, every 10 minutes, what was happening. It was exciting, but you know, to have to, to have to put your baby down, you know what I mean? It was shifter card illustrated, which eventually became super card illustrated because I opened it up to more than just shifter cards. That was a tough thing for me. And I, and I think Make you know once it was done, it was a huge relief and, and weight off my shoulders because it was so much work. You know, it was a full week of fifteen hour days plus one overnighter. You know, I would be at the printer every night making sure that the recognition was right on the colors because this this was back in the day. You know, when we at that point we had probably gone to you know digital, but you know it was still I was making sure everything looked perfect while they were oh, printing. Press it. checks, I've done thousands right? of those. Yeah, and it was and sometimes there were two in the morning. I lived yeah, yeah. five miles from the printer, so I would head over every you know every two hours knowing a new one was coming out because yeah. it's my thing. So to put that to bed was tough for me. That was the biggest challenge I had to be able to do that. But I learned there that because right then I was able to put so much more emphasis and, and attention onto the website that it flourished even more. We pushed it to a different a different level. And that's kind of what I've done over the 20 years. I've tried to take things to a different level. You know, it was the magazine. Then it was the website. And now the website has still the website still rocking, but now it's our EK and radio network. We have a, you know, we have a 24/7 streaming audio component and social media. 
And I just think it allowed me to be flexible, to be able to make that decision to shut down something that I thought was so important to me and was such a big part of my life for eight years at that point. Mm-hmm. That, that was the growth period for me, I think, to be able to make that move. No doubt. Oh, uh, yeah, I can relate to that a thousand percent. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special vehicle, that first vehicle that came into your life. Maybe your first car, maybe it was the first cool car you could afford to buy and share a special memory you have about that ride. Well, the funny thing is, is that, you know, as, as a kid, I, I didn't have I, I, I didn't have a lot of money to buy a car. And I don't think my parents really ever wanted me to have a car either. You know, I, <laughs> I think the first thing I was supposed to do my license in a, a VW Rabbit diesel. Um, okay. No, no, I was supposed to do it in the four door Dodge Fury. I, t- I practiced in the automatic four door Dodge Fury. It had a fire in the dash two days before my license. I ended up having oh to gosh. go do it in the in the you know the standard Rabbit. I've been driving the standard at my dad's uh, shop since I was about eleven. That's how he babysat me. Go out and drive the cars around the shop. That's what I did. <laughs> so I don't I don't really have a cool car. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I I bought a Honda Prelude. I think the coolest thing I ever bought was when I made a dumb mistake coming out of college and I should have bought a vehicle and instead I bought a Suzuki RG250 oh. two-cycle GP bike, which were, we, we could get up in Canada, which was an awesome bike. Yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely loved it. So, But I had that for a couple of years, and it, it just it made no sense because I live in Canada. And Yeah, how often I, can you ride it? <laughs> exactly right. You know, April to October. So that yeah. probably wasn't the best idea. But for me, again, because I'm a racer, I, I look back, what's the coolest thing I bought? You know, I, I had cars that were utilitarian, to be honest. I was a race car guy. Yeah. And it was the first car that I bought. It was a 1994 MXK Mirage, and it was my entry into racing. And I was actually 27 years old. I wasn't 27 till I, till I got a chance to race myself because I was so busy working. Wow. And uh, yeah, and I ended up buying my own cart uh, in 1995. And uh, it was a 94, as I said. It won, I think it won the championship that year before. And mm-hmm. uh, it was... For, you know what? Maybe that was my kind of birthright uh, as to, you know, people, you know, 16 year old kids get in the car and cruising in their car. For me, it was getting up at five in the morning, driving to the, the car track, actually being able to race after watching my dad for 20 years to be able to race myself. I, I can still remember that. I remember the first weekend and the feeling I felt being out there driving myself. It was amazing. I'll bet. Very cool. Well, should I even bother to ask you the seller's remorse question I asked all my guests? And that is, a vehicle you've let go? I mean, do you still have that card or is that something you had to let go? You know what I would love? No, I, but I sold it because I wanted to get something else, right? It was of just, course. I would yeah. love to have that back. And the funny thing is when I started the magazine, the Shifter Card Illustrated magazine, there was a, a builder out of California. It was called CTS, Ray Cunningham and his wife. He had, I think he was a, he built drag cars at one point, mm-hmm. but he fell in love with carts. And so he, he started building shifter carts and his TIG welding was so amazing. The, the, the way he built the card, it was just an ab, it was a work of art. When I first started the magazine, I got, I got him to do a trade out with me. So he got free advertising and I got a free 125 shifter. Nice. And because I wanted to be cool, like it was a you know prototype kind of thing, we didn't paint it, it no, no paint, no gloss, no nothing. It was just straight, the straight chromoly tubing. And the thing looked it, it was, I would love to have that cart back because it's, I think, the best made cart I've ever seen in my life. It was beautiful. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of cool that you're the first guy who wanted to have his cart back. Usually <laughs> for my guess, it's cars. There's a few racers that wanted to have their first race car well, back. Well, uh, I did, yeah. you know, I had the Formula Car Magazine as well for, for six years, too. We did the Formula Car Magazine. And I actually, I did a project car. I did a Formula V, which a lot of people used to start in. in oh, Formula, yeah. You know, it's got the, the 1200cc pancake VW uh-huh. engine, right? Yeah, the the yeah. horizontal pulse. And it was a great engine, 50 something horsepower, 60 something horsepower. Didn't, uh-huh. didn't go fast, and, uh, but 
it was a project car that we put together with a lot of great partners and had a carbon fiber body, which we were allowed to do. And just, it, there were so many great partners involved in that project. I, I'd love to have that car back as well, because I'm a, still a big fan of Formula V racing. You know, Formula V is cool. Uh, Sovereign, which is the group that I race finished cars with up here in the Pacific Northwest, had a pretty big group of Formula Vs. And when I decided I wanted to do some vintage racing, I didn't have a lot of money. And I thought that might be the way to go. I got real lucky and got my hands on a 1960 Lotus Formula Junior in 18. That was the car I ended up running, which I thought was kind of like a fancy Formula V. You know, it was a little faster. It wasn't very fast, but, you know, fast enough for a new guy. I was fast enough to get hurt in. That's what I used to think. But uh, I always liked watching the Formula V guys. It's like a bunch of bumblebees going around the track, just ducking and dodging and diving in and having fun. I always look like they're having a lot of fun. Always so many cars, right? Because there's little horsepower. It's always these big draft packs. You know, I went to many, many SCCA runoffs. I actually got a chance to be the announcer when it was on online coverage after they came out of speed. And, you know, 50-something cars in Formula V. And always a great race to the end, no doubt. Oh, yeah. They're great. They're having fun. Well, Rob, what are you working on this year with your business in your life that has you really excited and fired up? Well, again, I, I brought it up already. It's it's playing around with the, with the EKN radio network. You know, our, our EKN radio stream, we're having so much fun with it. It's it's such a different thing. And it's the evolution from the magazine to the website is it's like you. I'm knocking out a bunch of podcasts. We've got 25 or so done. I'm not like you. I'm not knocking out five a day, but uh, you're, not, you're not a crazy person, huh? <laughs> well, you know what? I, I'd love to be able to push out that much content because obviously I'm having fun with you here. And I, I know how much fun I have when I have guys on. I, I do a lot of stuff. You know, with the, obviously the Road to Indy, I call myself the Road to Indy Insider, and we do a lot of podcasts, insider podcasts, and I pick a star of the race. So that that's the project that we're doing. We're, we're really pushing on the social media angle. We're also having fun trackside, kind of leveraging some of the, you know, the more interesting social media opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, we're doing, you know, after every race day, we do kind of a Q&A on Facebook Live. We're going to do some Instagram Live at the race I'm going to this coming weekend in Utah, a big, a big Supercarts USA Pro Tour race. So. Cool. Playing with a lot of a lot of the the content delivery options we have now, I find really interesting. And really, for me, there's two big things in my life that I look forward to every year that are massive. I, I've been the announcer of the Supercarts USA Super Nationals, which is the biggest karting event pretty much in the world. It's held mm-hmm. in Las Vegas every year, 500 and something people. Uh, we're back at the Rio Hotel in the parking lot at the Rio. I've been the announcer there for 22 years. I always say that's my Christmas. On <laughs> We call it Super Sunday. That's all the main events on Super Sunday. And then very probably right side by side is is the fact that uh, in 2014, Mark James, the anchor of the IndyCar Radio Network, uh, gave me the call that I that I didn't expect I was going to get and invited me to be on pit lane uh, with the network for the Indy 500. So the 100th running was my first one. This will be my fourth one coming up on Memorial Day weekend. And I'm super excited to to be there. Uh, I've been kind of moving my way up pit lane. I'll be in the second group of cars on pit lane. It's just, there's been a, th- a thread on Twitter today about how crazy the Indianapolis 500 is and how people that have been there, it's kind of a, you know, you get indoctrinated into the into the, the speedway, right? I just, I cannot wait for Sunday and, and to get back to the track for the 500. I don't doubt it. Sounds like a really fun time. Well, Rob, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah! sponsors. Hey, fellow automotive enthusiasts, you know I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products since 1975. That's right, all the way back to my high school days. Want to keep your vehicle's exterior and interior looking new? It's easy with a Covercraft car cover. 
A car cover is the best way to keep your vehicle looking great for years to come. Car covers protect your paint from fallout, birds, dust, rain, insects, and pollen. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. I use my Covercraft car covers every single day. Right now, you can get 10% off all Covercraft custom car covers or their ready-fit car covers. Plus, they offer you over 15 quality fabrics to choose from. Their spring sale is from April 15th through June 16th, 2019. Order direct at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars yeah website at carsyeah.com. Hey, Mark Green here from the Cars Yeah podcast. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? That's right. Cars Yeah is now on MAV TV. I visit some of the past Cars Yeah guests and take you along for the ride. Go to MavTV.com to learn more where you can enjoy Cars Yeah TV. Mav TV is also available on DirecTV, Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through MavTV.com online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. All right, Rob, we are back, and I have a very introspective question for you. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle parked in the garage, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself manifested as iron and steel and rubber and gasoline and oil, what would Rob be and why? You know, I'd like to say that I would, I'd like to say that I was some kind of a cool car, you know, a Carrera GT or something badass. But to be honest, <laughs> to be in the industry that I'm in and kind of the way I live my life, I'm probably really just an ordinary work pickup truck. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I just, I, I get the job done. It's, uh-huh. uh, it's seven in the morning till eight at night and, uh, and you work through the weekends and, and pr- honestly, probably just, in fact, I just sold my Dodge Ram fi- uh, 1500. I'm probably just a straight up pickup truck. <laughs> well, that's okay. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I've had plenty of those on this show. That's what it takes, yeah. you know, to get things done. I like it. Well, we're entering the last lap. This is a place you've been many times as an announcer. The white flag's out. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Uh, that probably came from the guys at Cooper Tires. Make sure you've got uh, make sure make sure you've got the right tire pressures and yeah. check your tread depth. <laughs> yeah, you know it's amazing to me how many people do not care for their tires and. Everything is riding on your tires. I think that's a tagline for one of the major manufacturers. Probably. It always boggles my mind. And I always check my tire pressures every month. And when I take my car in for service, my service rep always says, Mark, you're the only guy who breaks his car in and we don't have to check his tires because they're always right. People line up to save three, four, five cents of, you know, at, at the, at the gas pumps. Yeah. But as long as you got the right tire, tire pressure, you're not going to waste the fuel anyways. Right? I know. I know. Yeah. It's really, uh, yeah. I don't know. Education. Hopefully, we've educated a few folks to be as nutty as we are, or smart, one of the two, or maybe a combination of both. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? One of my personal habits? You know, I think uh, I think my personal habit is I, I, I don't like not to be working. 
I struggle not to be working. When I'm at the racetrack announcing races and if there's a break, I want to do something. I always tell the guys, it's just, I'll do something else. At a car track, I announce from nine till six. I don't stop. There's breaks. There's breaks at a race car event because different series are out there. And I always say, I'm busy. Let, let me keep working. So I think that's, that would probably be one of my personal habits is I just, I just want to work all the time. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Let me ask you something real quick. Cause you and I do something similar. We talk a lot here, and I've got a little bit of a cold going today. Let me ask you, how do you take care of your voice? Because if you don't have a voice, you're out of work. What are some of the ways that you take care of your voice? You know what? I, I, I will tell you this right now. I, I, don't, I have no issues with my voice at all. At any, it, at any, it always works. It does. And I don't, know, I don't know what I've done or how it's done. I, I will, over a course of a weekend, potentially lower an octave sometimes if it starts to, to strain. Yeah. I do a lot of yelling. I'm a pretty excited announcer, probably maybe too much sometimes. Um, <laughs> the only weekend I have trouble on is the race I talked about, the Super Nationals, the big kart race in Las Vegas. It's very dry there. Yeah. Uh, I'm on for an extended period of time, usually 12 hours on one of the days because we go quite late into the evening. Oh, my God. Um, over the course of the 20 years I've been announcing, 15 more, but 20 years I've been announcing aggressively, you learn how and when to slow down a little bit. Yeah. You know, they're, you know, it's building the crescendo. You don't need to be yelling during qualifying, although you might drop a little one in when somebody qualifies on pole. But again, working on just bringing up the tempo and taking care of your voice. I have had Super Sundays where I've been in trouble, for sure. But yeah. when it is, for me, it's, uh, it's, it's hot water, lemon and honey. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners that you find uh, appealing? You know, for me, when it, if it would come to a resource, I think I'm 50 years old. And I think that one of the things that has been a strength for me is the fact that I'm still open to coaching. You know, I've been doing this for a long time. And, I, and when, I, when I started with the guys from the IndyCar Radio Network six years ago, it was one of those things where I was coming into a new place. And they've been doing it for many, many years. You know, Paul Page was there at that point when I was there. Mike King was involved when I was there. Uh, these guys have been doing it for 20 years as well. They've been doing it as long as I have, but in a different place. And there are guys that are younger than me who I consider mentors because they do such a great job and they've been with the network for a long time. And I think that's the resource and it's mentors. It's, it's having people who will, who you respect enough to take the input, even though uh, you may not like it or, I mean, yeah. or just to open it, open yourself up. Cause I'm, I'm constantly asking for input. Sometimes they get mad at me that I ask too much because I don't think I should be, but I think that's it. So if I can wave my magic wand and arrange for you to sit down and have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? Wow. That's a hard, that's an unbelievably hard question. That's a neat magic wand, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's, it's a really, really hard question. You know, who, you know who it would be? Only because I've come a long way since I spent some time with them. And it, for me, as a journalist, I'd like to sit down and revisit a conversation with Chris Economaki. Oh, yeah. When the Red Bull driver search was on for Formula One, uh, a number of the, well, all, pretty much all the drivers that they brought into the, the F1 driver search were guys I'd known from karting. Uh, you know, Scott Speed, who eventually won and ended up going over and, and running for Red Bull, Colin Fleming, Matt Jaskell, Dominic Klaassen's the first four drivers. Those, those guys, I knew them all. So when they launched the Sauber that year, I was invited along with Dutch Mandel from Auto Week and Chris Economaki to fly to Salzburg, Austria as kind of this 
carting, you know, the carting representative to see these kids at the Red Bull program and be there for the Sauber F1 launch that year. Yeah. And Chris was there and Chris was one of my, uh, obviously I'd met, I'd met Chris at a, an indoor TQ midget race at Niagara Falls at one point. <laughs> he was well, you know, obviously aging, well aged at that point, but I spent a lot of time with Chris at that particular event. And I was so young and so, you know, I'd only been in it for probably five or six years. I'm not who I am now. I, you know, yeah. and I was, I was overwhelmed and I, and I, I think I missed the opportunity to glean a ton of knowledge from him just based on what, what it was. We we talked about the sport. We talked about, uh, you know, we went to the Goldener Hirsch is, is the place, the hotel or the restaurant we went to. We had a Grand Marnier together and I got great stories about it. But you know what? To be able to talk to him again, I think with, that with the maturity you have now, yes, yeah, the yeah, knowledge, yeah, yeah, wow. the, yeah the, the ups and downs and the hurdles I've gone through as a twenty-year publisher from a guy who was a publisher for much longer than that. Yeah, that'd be pretty darn cool. How about a book? Is there a book you'd like to share with our listeners that you've enjoyed? You know, I, I don't have a ton of time to read, but I, when I when I jumped into the you know getting a chance to be part of the Indy Five Hundred broadcast with IndyCar Radio, I, I poured through a bunch of different books, and one of the ones that I thought. Now, it's interesting because that's not something I would ever consider, right? It's the book is called The Beast by Jade Gersh. I don't know if you've if you've read it before. It's it's a it's an awesome book. It's it's about the 1994 Indianapolis 500. And they made a rule that allowed that gave more horsepower to push rod engines. You know, it was kind of a, a loophole in the rule. And Roger Penske hooked up with Ilmore Engineering to build a push rod engine. And the book's amazing because they had such a little time you know, to get this engine built and designed. And they talk all about how they would go back and forth. They'd be like, you know, they'd be flying over parts and new engines for them to test. They test it at Nazareth with Paul Tracy in the cold. I think it was snowing kind of a thing. You know what I mean? And the temperature didn't get high enough. If you're an IndyCar fan, it's by Jade Gers. It's called Beast, which is about this particular engine. And they ended up badging it as a Mercedes Benz. It's an amazing story. And now that I've been in the IndyCar paddock a bit, there's so many names of people that were involved back in 1993-94 that I now know personally. So it's it, it's an amazing book about this top secret engine that Penske was building. Wow, I've not heard of that book. I'm going to have to get my hands on to it. Yeah, you'll how, love it. How do you spell Jay's last name? It's G-U-R-S-S. Gerse. Okay, I'll make sure I check that up. Well, listeners, I'll make sure I put that resource link and all the others Rob has shared with us today on his very own Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Rob Howden, H-O-W-D-E-N, and that page will pop right up. All right, Rob, we are up to the last question here, and it can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. Doesn't matter who owns it or where it is. I'm going to park it in your garage, but there's a couple rules to this little deal that make it a bit of a challenge. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with, so that little trick's off the table. You have to drive it. No garage queen. So pick something that you might be comfortable in. And it's the only cool collector car you can have in your garage. The only one's going to be parked there. So what can I buy you? Pretty easy. Uh, <laughs> Good. Shelby Cobra. Oh, okay. Well, I know you, I'm not, yeah, I'm not too surprised. You probably get that a lot, but that just, I think that, that would, for me, that would just be a, a badass car to drive. Do you want the big engine one or the uh, slap side? The big engine, please. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of figured that was be where we're going to go here. So cool. Now, do you have any preferences to uh, what color you'd like that to be? You know what? I, I will, I'll go with the blue. Blue. The, yeah. the, the blue, the blue with, with the white stripes, just yeah. iconic. You know, let's yeah. just go straight there. You know, yeah. I'm, all, yeah. I'm all for that. Thank there you. we go. That should be too hard for me to find. Just got to get my honestly, big checkbook the, out. The, the four, you know, the four GT is pretty badass too. Oh, gosh. Real. Well, you know, let's yeah. Be real. Well, you saved me a few a few shackles here. 
you know, from the uh, Cobra to the Ford GT40, because that car's going to really get up there. But uh, even the Cobras have gotten pretty pricey. But uh, uh, I think that'll be pretty easy. I'll what about what you? Hey, hey, what about you? Does everybody throw this back at you? What, oh, yeah. What? I've been asked this question a couple times. And, you know, it depends on the day, really, for me. <laughs> Uh, but I think the way I asked, I answered it the last time somebody threw it at me was I would like to have Rob Dickinson of Singer build me a car. Ooh. Uh, he builds, uh, the Porsche reimagined, redesigned cars, his Singer Porsches. Yeah. yeah. Cause that way you could get an old style long hood, which I like something from the seventies, but it would have all new stuff and done the exact way I want with a, a kick ass four liter motor or something like that. So, well, see, you, yeah, you're a serious car guy, so you know that stuff. I'm, you know, yeah, all right. That's well, that's kind of like a Cobra, you know. I mean, it's <laughs> it's a light, pretty lightweight car with a a big motor. I mean, the the original Porsches back then had great motors, but you put the kind of motors that he's putting in that either Ed Pink builds or McLaren yeah. or whatever it might be. I mean, yeah, those cars got to be nice. pretty darn cool. All so, right, uh, I yeah. appreciate. It. Yeah, there you go. Well, yeah, thanks for throwing it back at me here. You know, <laughs> I'm an interviewer. I, you know, I know. I this know. This is so odd for me. Mark, this is so odd for me right now to be answering the questions, not asking them. Well, that's okay. Sometimes it's good to have the mic twisted on you a little bit. You, you know, you can learn a few things. So I've had the same thing done to me. Well, Rob, you've taken me on an awesome ride around the track today. I knew this would be fast and furious in a way. I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your journey. Could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off down the track in that Shelby Cobra? You know, I think you and I talked about it and that, and that anybody I talk to, especially when I talk to young people, uh, you know, especially at the race, the car track, right? Because I'm yeah. dealing with kids between eight and 16, 17 years of age. Of course, there's lots of older carters, but for the young people, and I, we talked about it, find something that you love to do and figure out a way to make it your life. You don't need to make $120,000 if you hate it. Make 80, 60, 70, $80,000, $40,000 if you're happy. Do something you love. That's the way to live life. Yeah, life's too darn short. And what's the best way for our listeners to follow along with you and all the cool things you're doing? Well, the website is ecardingnews.com. You mentioned that. I'm at Rob Howden on both uh, on both Facebook and Twitter. It's at Rob Howden Racing on Instagram. I'm pretty aggressive on all three of the platforms. And uh, again, IndyCar Radio Network for all the stuff we do with the NTT IndyCar Series. Uh, the Indianapolis 500, and, and then with everything I do with the Road to Indy, which is fantastic. If you follow Road to Indy TV, they actually have an app for the Road to Indy TV. You can get all of our broadcasts because we stream live all the races for the USF 2000 program, the Cooper Tires USF 2000 Championship, nice. uh, the Indy, Indy Pro 2000 Championship presented by Cooper Tires, and then Indy Lights as well. All that uh, streaming, it's amazing stuff, and, and yeah. we hope that you tune in because what I say about karting, and the road to Indy, if you're an IndyCar fan, this is the minor leagues. This is when you get to, to get really connected with the future stars of IndyCar yeah. when they're coming up the ranks. Very cool. And a nice shout out there to our friends at Cooper Tires. Great folks there. Uh, love Cooper Tires as well. Well, listeners, you can find everything that Rob shared again today here on his Cars Yeah! Show Notes page. Just go to the website, type in Rob, and his page will pop right up. Rob, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the Cars Yeah! listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Mark, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Take care. This has been fun. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. 
Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.